Hey everybody, welcome to the Cripes Cast. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest. We are brought to you by Jolly Good Soda, and here is this week's episode. Hey everybody, how we doing? My guest this week is Pete Lee. He is a Wisconsin boy, born and raised from Janesville, Wisconsin. He is coming to the Milwaukee improv november 25th through the 27th that is this weekend and uh make sure you check him out very funny guy he's been on the tonight show with jimmy fallon he's got his podcast snuggle storm uh hilarious dude really enjoyed our conversation uh colleen how you feeling colleen morocco ladies and gentlemen ep of the cripes cast joins me here I'm feeling great. Are you? Well, okay. Wow. You know, you guys say that with a smile on your face. Otherwise, it doesn't translate through. uh, And no, this is not me telling you to smile. That is not it. it. Charlie steps on a sexist egg shell. Uh, Yeah, I'm feeling great. Is that better? Yeah. No, that's... Can the people tell that I'm smiling? Well, I was just told that. You know know who told me that? Adam Gruel. He said... Because we were... He told me with singing on the album. He said, if you sing certain things with a smile it'll come across differently well yeah that's i try to smile when i do the opening hey everybody I welcome know, it's to, scary it's scary to me we never too. usually see it oh you know what Charlie now are you telling me to walks smile around the office like it's his whole loft dad like what <laughs> like, like his whole loft dad jesus <laughs> no um yeah do you, is that really a thing do you want to bring that up on this podcast do i have bad mood no you don't have a bad mood you don't, you're just not like you're sitting, you're not resting, smiling all the time. You well, I'm working. Yeah. Trying to get shit done. I know. Stuff done. Sorry, kids. Yeah. Stuff but yeah, done. it's good. I had a great weekend. How yeah. was your weekend? How was Bemidji? Bemidji. Looked cold. Very cold. Yeah. On one day. On one day, it was like, I don't know, probably negative some with the wind chill. On the other day, it was like uh, 28 degrees. Felt like 50. Wow. I mean, after you've been, you know, that's the thing about Midwest. You yeah. get You get those negative degree days. You know, it's like someone's just kicking you in the gonads, you know, and then, I do know, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know, above freezing or inching up toward the freezing mark. And you're like, oh, I mean, if it's wave. a 25 degree difference, it does feel like a heat wave. It does. And the yeah. sun was out too. Is that not, when you guys went hiking? Not much wind. Yeah. Did a little hiking. Went to the uh, Bemidji State, uh, Bemidji Lake State Park, I think is what it's called. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. It was so beautiful. I saw so many bald eagles and golden eagles. Um, and, and okay, so I'm walking back on the trail. Is this a bird story? It's uh, kind of cool. Okay, I I, I like Sorry, talking I about that it's smiling. my podcast. Cool. I can <laughs> go for it. Okay, it's my podcast. I'll talk about birds if I want to. It's actually a fish story. Oh, walking on the trail, and I see a perch on the trail on the on the trail fresh perch fresh hmm. it's a fresh one a real one whoa yeah i pick it up still a little warm on the cold day so my That's... best guess okay is that an eagle snagged the perch and dropped its lunch on the uh on the trail my head went to bear but is perch too small for a bear i mean look if a bear gets a perch like that i mean this was pretty much a full perch Okay. Full perch. I mean, the bear's not dropping that perch for any right. reason. And also, um, you know, certain bears are fisher bears. I'm not, I'm not sure if black bears are fishing a bunch. No, because aren't they like the ones that like berries and veggies and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're more of a, they're more the vegans, yeah. you know. 
But if if you get out to Alaska, those are the ones salmon fishing and the whatnot. The grizzlies? Yeah, yeah. Right? Then they tend to go in the rivers. Now, perch are more of kind of a lake fish, you know? Okay. And so I'm, my guess is that it is a bald eagle snagged one of those suckers. That's cool. And then, you know, somehow got excited, something dropped it, and it's like, ah, I'm just going to go catch another. Yeah. You know? I will say I did see your stories this weekend, and you were <laughs> posting. You did remind me of, like, my parents. Why? You just were like, cool squirrel action. It was something. cool squirrel action. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. You know, I'm trying to encourage people. First of all, I didn't want to do stories, but you I said two you more do stories. stories. I did. And I, it was annoying because I was like trying to enjoy nature. And I was like, all right, I guess I should. But really, I thought it was cool. I, I did actually uh, enjoy the stories because I was like, people got to know about this park, man. Yeah. I'm sure everybody up there already knows. Um, trying to trying to get some more tourism to Bemidji in the winter, you know? Yeah, I think you did a good job, and the city of Bemidji will probably say thank you. I doubt they care. Yeah, they don't really care. Um, <laughs> but that, that uh, the city came out for that show. That was so That looked fun. really cool. And it was the last one on the Midwest Survival Guide Tour. How are you feeling? I'm feeling real good. I mean, I'm, I'm super, uh, you know, we were on the road for like a year and a half, and uh, it feels good uh, to be done to a degree but kind of sad you know that i'm not going on the road anymore do you hear that it's like the smallest world's smallest violin yeah nobody gives a crap Ding. here i get it i get it but well, that's exciting though yeah but it, it gives us time to do more video stuff around here and um and work on some bigger projects and then before i know it it'll be fall and i'll be on the road again and then i'll be like god i'm on the road too much you know right. yeah so just got to enjoy what you have when you have it you, go from there what do like asmr of you keep on like what that like i'm drinking water like you sip yeah it just makes the echoey sound oh sorry and this is an audio only thing it's true i'm drinking water I'm trying to hydrate more anywho per colleen's guidance yes gotta drink a gallon of water a day or yep. else you're gonna wrinkle up not a Colleen's uh, always looking at my wrinkles saying you you're looking <laughs> old as hell that i've never said that uh, basically you have it's the midwest honest like we've talked about i go do you have you drink water are you sleeping it's mm. all the things that allude to saying you're old or wrinkly without actually saying <sighs> enjoy your youth while you have it colleen yeah. it's fleeting yeah you're so right anywho but yeah so pete lee uh, he's coming back to, or he's coming to Milwaukee this weekend for Thanksgiving. Yes, he is. Milwaukee Improv. Those are the dates we got going there. Absolutely. And if you want to find him on social media, he's Pete Lee, Pete Lee, Pete Lee three times. Yep. Pete Lee three times. There it is on Instagram. And, uh, yeah. Why don't we hear, should we hear from him or should we just keep talking about maybe talking to him? <laughs> Here is Pete Lee, ladies and gents. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you doing, Charlie? Good, good. Nice to see ya. Good to see you too. I'm um uh, I'm in New York City and I'm in I'm at my hotel and to get like decent lighting, I had to prop I had to like get my suitcase on the ledge of the window yeah. and my yeah. computer's on the ledge of the window. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to say that looks um that looks very uh, uh, hotel interview chic, what you got. Oh, going my God. There. I can't yeah. tell you how many uh, interviews or whatever I've done in that uh, exact same setup. When you're on the road a lot, uh, the hotel, first of all, are you a guy? I, I think there are two types of people in this world. There's the people who 
uh, when they're done with the hotel room, they go down, they drop their keys off. They say, hey, I checked out of room 282. And the people who just just ghost them, just walk straight out. What kind of a person are you? Don't lie to me. I No, I'm the ghoster, Like I, yeah. which is weird because I, I love people and I want to talk to everyone. But when it comes to that interaction, I'm like, no, we're, we're done. Like, yeah. like even um, <laughs> like today I, I, um, so I'm traveling with my dog and I took him for a walk outside and then I'm walking through the lobby and like, I want to talk to the hotel lobby lady. Like, like when we come in, hi, good morning. How are you? Good to see you. Blah, blah, blah. But that checkout thing, cause usually I'm like running late to an Uber to get to the airport to, you know, and like my mind is like, I am out of here. And so when I'm going through the lobby and the lady's like, hello, sir, um, are you checking out? I'm like, nope, did it. Keys are in the room. <laughs> like, I don't even yeah. want, I can't, I can't bother with that, um, that interaction. I hate it. I don't, yeah. like, I don't, are you I, that guy or do you, no, do you, do you hell no. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it would be nice. Like if, if I were to do this, like in sort of a Wisconsin character, I would be the guy to check <laughs> out and then, you know, stay long enough to stay another night or whatever. But <laughs> I think, no, I, I, there's so much redundancies. I feel like in that hotel, uh, kind of experience and maybe just as like being on the road a lot, that's when you notice it. But I feel like there's a lot of buttons being pushed to just check a fella in, you know? Yeah. Like, are they doing a background check? What's going on? I have no idea. And like, I've also checked into a lot of hotels lately where like they kind of pre-check you in and they have your keys just set aside. They know who's checking in. They know the process. Um, if you have your credit card on file, like let's say it's Hilton. I stay in a lot of Hiltons. Yeah. Um, they already have your thing on file and you did the, the you, I like booked it with the app. So like they have everything. They know who I am, you know? And um, so I walk up and I'll be like, hey, I'm here to check in. And they'll be like, here's your keys. And I, it's just literally like, here's your keys. I'm like, this is great. I love that. But then there are other Hiltons that I'll check into where it was, it's the exact same process. And they could have done the here's your keys thing. But they do the like they're like you're buying a car. Like yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and then they go through the whole process of like, well, all right, so uh do you want to hear about everything about the hotel? And I'm like, it's, it's a double tree, right? Like you, there's, there's coffee over there. Um, here's my cookie. There's a fitness center. Um, uh, let me guess the pool's open till nine. Um, you know, like, like I, I, there's, but there's always that person that you can tell that they're just in whatever level of the training that they're like, this guy's nice. I need to rehearse my speech that I give about this because uh, yeah, right. I'm not really good at it yet. And he seems kind. So I'm going <laughs> to, Hey, can I tell you about the hotel? Ah, you know, I'm kind of in a hurry. I, I want to get to my nap. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, the pool is open till nine and brunch is till then. And I'm just like, <laughs> they're, they're getting their, they're getting their hot five in They're They're, they're, they're getting their, they're hot working five. their bit. They're um, going to do, yeah, they're going to do their hot five. Yeah. That, yeah, there's there's a few things like that that always, you know, and I'm sure there are people that don't actually know where anything is, and maybe this saves time somehow. But then there's also the uh, the key situation. I leave it in the room, but I do it thinking that they're going to take those keys and use them again. You know, I kind of yeah. hope they're not just going to throw them out just because I left them in the room. You know, I kind of yeah. feel bad about the keys. Also, um like using, I, I went to this one place I was using like a, f a half a credit card, 
You know? Yeah. And that seemed that seemed it seemed like it was saving plastic, you know, but yeah. uh, but I lost it because it was too small. It fell to the bottom of my wallet. Oh, know? it was like a slim key. It, it was a slim like, one, ha- like half a card. Basically, cut your credit card in half. Uh huh. Uh, not the slim way, so it's still fat. It's just like that. Oh yeah. And it fell to the bottom of my wallet, and I didn't find it for months. So <laughs> you know, you, you try to say plastic, and that's sort of what happens. But anyway, yeah, there's... yeah. I I always leave the keys in the room accidentally, and um, and then like I got to go down and get a different one, and uh, they always have to see an ID. Well, I have a picture of my ID on my phone, and um, I had a hotel recently. They're like, no, we need your ID, and I'm like, I can show you. Like my passport on my phone, like yeah. like my Instagram, you know, like I can show you everything. This is me. Like we can verify it. I also know my name and my room, but I don't know. Every once in a while, you'll get like a like a Paul Blart mall yeah. cop person <laughs> at the front desk. That right. They're like a real Dwight Schrute, you know, that's yep. like, no, we have full protocol. And um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's so it, it, like it. I don't like do you get it a lot where people they'll be like, Oh, you're on the road. That must be amazing. And it is so much fun. A lot of times, like the shows are fun. Meeting people after the shows is great. Um, I love drinking. Uh, there's a lot of that on the road. Yeah. But like all the monotony of the hotel stuff, like we're talking about, it's just not, it's not exciting. I'm like, I'd rather be at home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the road sounds cool. Cause like, you know, rock stars made the road sound cool where like you're on a tour bus and you know, you're driving from city to city and there's all the drugs and the promiscuous sex and everything like that. And if you actually get on one of those tour buses, you're yeah. like, get me the hell off this thing it's like a a a traveling uh little dungeon you know you're on you're sleeping like three people tall on the thing and if you don't like the people you're with like oh that's that's brutal and then the road too you can feel it depending on the shocks on the tour bus so yeah and and then comedy touring it's mostly just there's really none of that it's just you (laughs) in a hotel room and maybe if you got a bottle in your uh uh green room or something or some beers or something that's about it you know yeah and you're like i i'll sometimes i'll bring my own openers but a lot of times i just you know will i'll just be paired up with the you know the club whoever the club recommends yeah and um a lot of times i do that because i want um i want the local guys to get those weeks you know um because uh. like you talk to a lot of local guys and they're like there's no weeks because everybody brings their own feature so yeah. I'll be paired up, and, but like that's also sometimes a wild card, you know. Because yeah. sometimes the local guy <laughs> will be great, and then sometimes it's just a nightmare. Or they're like, "It's my first time doing this," <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Um, and you're like, "Oh god, this is bad." But um, yeah, so it's a, like it, it, yeah, it's totally not that tour bus, um, that tour bus thing. I I got to go on a tour bus. Uh, one of my friends, um, who's a musician, brought me along to open for her tour and so i got to go on the tour bus for a little bit and it just was totally the experience that you are describing like like it's just a bunch of people like wrapped up in bunks like farting getting mad at each other um there was there were no drugs like i thought there were gonna be drugs or something like like my life was gonna change um it was gonna be like uh like in that cameron crow movie where like i thought (laughs) 
Like I am like a I'm golden in, god. Yeah. yeah, I'm a golden god. Like I'm in my 40s, but I was like, is this my coming of age story? <laughs> <laughs> you know, am I going to come of age in my 40s? But it just was like, it just sucked. And um, and then so for the last little bit of the tour, I just was like, you know what? I'm going to get hotels. Uh, so we would like pull up to because you pull up to the venue and then I never knew why there were showers backstage in venues. And it's yeah. because the people in the tour bus, that's where they live all day long. Like they they go and they shower there and they get ready. And then um, uh, I was like, man, I don't want to. Do, I'm just going to get some hotels. And it was kind of wasteful. I wasted a couple hundred bucks, but everybody else on the tour bus, they're like, I can't believe you just went and got a hotel. I'm like, yeah, I wanted to sleep and get away from your, I'm, I've been huffing your farts. Like I don't <laughs> I, I want to get some rest, but yeah. So it's not, it's just, yeah, it's just never as glamorous. Um, it's never as glamorous as it seems. Yeah. I have heard um, I'm like lucky enough to be friends with Dave Chappelle. And like, I heard like the people that tour with him, like, he he'll like fly in on a private jet and then a tour bus meets them at the at the airport and then they like go on this like posh tour bus in comfort from the airport to whatever hotel it is and if they were like drinking the night before he gets everybody ivs oh really um yeah so they like power back up for the night and uh that to me sounds like oh man he's doing it right you know like like he's yeah. He's doing it right. I'm I'm still at the stage where I like take the 6 a.m. flight for the Thursday show yeah. and you get in at 3.30 and, um, you know, like uh, I'll try to take a nap and then I drink way too much coffee to wake up. And if, if you're ever going to go see a comic on a Thursday show, just know that they're like running on fumes and caffeine. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting show on a Thursday, you know? Yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask you this before I get to that. So you talk about your opener. How important do you think the opener is for you uh, as a comedian yourself? Like, I think the opener or your feature, whoever it is, they got a lot of, I mean, kind of critical roles, I think, like as a comic, like you can riff ideas with them. You, they're fun to hang out with. You collaborate, but how much do you need them to really get that audience cooking um, before you walk on stage? Um, I feel like it. I don't know how to say this, but like, if the opener is having a tough time, um, I'll figure it out. You know, mm -hmm. like I'll I'll go up there and I'll figure out how to have it be a good show. And like, I think that comes from you know, like in comedy, you gotta, you gotta do so much opening of shows in, you know, in your comedy career. So like, to me, it's more like, like if the opener's good, I'm like, Oh, I get to go up there and headline. But if the opener is not having a good time on stage and you know, they're not, um, they're not getting laughs. I'm like, Oh, I, I now have to open a show right. that has been opened. Um, and the crowd has lost trust in the whole <laughs> evening. Yeah. And so it's like, it, I don't know. Like I, I would prefer it to the, I would prefer for the opener to crack the room and for it to be really great. Um, and then it'd be easy, but then there are just those times that you go, okay. Um, you know, this person that I'm paired up with, uh, they're having a rough week. Um, it's kind of like, like baseball, like somebody, it's not that somebody's like, 
good or bad, it's like they can be in kind of a slump that week or like yeah. maybe maybe they had a few bad shows in a row and it got in their head. And so they're kind of approaching each crowd like it's going to not be good. And um, and so you're you're basically batting behind somebody that's in a slump. And yeah. so, you know, you, you're going to have to go pick it up. Um, and I've been there. I've been the opener that stunk for a week, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I but I don't know. Like, so I don't necessarily need them to kill, um, but it, it's like way better. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, way yeah. better if they do. And I I always hear about those guys that bring people on the road that kind of purposefully suck in front of them so that they can go out and be the hero. Um, but I don't like that. Like, I, I, I want the person that's middling to just torch the place. Like I don't, and um you know, sometimes I do a pretty clean show, but like, I don't even want my openers to be clean. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I don't care what you do. Just like go out there and get them to trust the show. Um, there's uh, um, the the guy that uh, he owns a lot of the funny bones and he owns the, the Columbus funny bone. And um, you know, you, you know, this guy and you know his name, but the listeners might not, but his name's Dave Stroop. And um, he said famously to me back when I was featuring He's like, I like to have you feature. And he's like, I'll pay you more if you'll keep featuring instead of like wanting to be like a young headliner. Because he goes, the audience decides whether or not they're going to drink during the feature act. Like, oh. like so he's like, we'll, serve, we'll, we'll sell way more alcohol if they're laughing during the feature act than if they like lose, uh, if they lose con- oh. confidence in the show. And they're like, I don't know if this is very good. And that made me think about like the social risk that people are taking um, when they go to a comedy show. Cause like usually it's a couple or it's a couple of couples um, or a group of friends, but one person in the group of friends is like, trust me, this is going to be awesome. And then there's a point in the show. If the opener is bombing that they're like, seriously, trust me, it's going to get yeah. better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so there's usually one person in each pot of people that was like, Ah, uh, sorry. Like they're like, sorry about this. Or if it was awesome, they get to take credit for this awesome idea that they went out to do. But um I've never thought about it that way. But yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And all almost to a degree, you would think if they're bombing hard, that might create some alcohol sales too. Or maybe that's yeah. just in Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't know. I've never understood the <laughs> I've never understood the two drink minimum, especially at Wisconsin clubs. Yeah. Because like it's like like well, come on just two drinks <laughs> like i um uh you lived in la for a good period of time right yeah like, so um i moved to uh, when i first graduated college really um a couple months after i went out there and then i moved away when uh came around the country and then i went back but long story short i've been in la for or i lived in la for probably like I don't know, four, four and a half years. Yeah. The and, LA, LA is amazing, but the people there, like if you drink like Wisconsin people do, they're concerned for you. They, yeah, no, they are, they're giving you uh, addresses for meetings, you know, <laughs> they're, you know, and culturally it's very different. Not People drink out there less. They do more like drugs or, or not like, I mean, weed, I guess, is legal out there. So there's a lot of that going on. Um, yeah. Or there's just a lot of like straight up sober people who drink a lot of kombucha, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like, oh, this has 
some traces of alcohol in it, you know, and then it's like, really? Let me try that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, kind of really difference. gives me a buzz. It's yeah, like I know. Crazy. Yeah, they so, get bu- buzzed off like vegan food and ego over there. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, that's true because you're from um, so you're from Janesville, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Janesville. So like like when I go to the bar to start drinking, I usually will get like a beer and a shot. You know, and like because because I want to get the buzz going and and I don't usually um, oh my dogs, uh, my dogs, uh, he he will decide to just start to lick me Um, here. I'll show you. Oh, is he Um, a toe licker? Oh, he's a toe licker. This is Diesel. He's a little Frenchie. Oh, hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, hey, say hi to the podcast. Look at this guy. Oh, geez. He looks so like he could deliver a knockout punch. Look at those guns. Oh, oh my God. He's so muscular. Um, he's not a huge dog, but he's so he's so muscular that um, he weighs like 30 pounds. And whenever we take him to the vet, the vet is like, how does he weigh so much? I'm like, he's Jack, dude. Like he's like, it's crazy how, how Jack this dog is. But I just I just picked him up and he is um, he's like a fully trained service dog. Uh, really? I'm sorry, I'm derailing our drinking conversation. No, but, uh, it's uh, fine. He, he he's like so well behaved when he has his service vest on, and then like it's like he has like a good five six hours of like being good a day, and then he goes nuts. And um, <laughs> he's and like, like the demon out. Yeah, and this is his first time in New York City, and it's just so many people and dogs and like smells and you know, and he just like uh, so I take him outside. I took him outside earlier today, and he's just like. Oh, and uh <laughs> like he saw this you know those dogs that look like a bear but it's not a bear it's a yeah. dog it's like, yeah 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 the big freaking one i just saw one like uh, two weeks ago maybe yeah the same saw, thing he saw one of those today and he's never seen that before and so like i'm like seeing this dog through his eyes and he like he was just like he doesn't bark at other dogs almost ever but he saw this dog and he was just like Ugh! like and i it was like that um those internet videos where the dog like they they say like what the dogs are saying or whatever um like like, he was like hey screw you (laughs) this is like a a new york dog and he's like like, the dog was like hey you're being kind of rude right now but um anyway i'll I'll put him down so he can lick my ankle you you travel with with the dog or do you say that's a new dog um, I, so I got diesel about a year and a half ago. Um, diesel was my girlfriend's dog. Um, uh, she rescued him. She owned a gym and then, um, there were people that went to the gym that couldn't take him anymore. Uh, cause they had a baby and, uh, like he's the best dog. I don't know why they would get rid of him when they had a baby. Like he would be so protective of the baby with yeah. his muscles, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. And then, um, uh, I got him fully trained and certified, you know, like he's got like, like a department of transportation number. Like he's oh, wow. more official than I am, you know, and <laughs> he's got TSA um, pre-check. Yeah. He's got TSA pre-check. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I, so I, I travel with him. Um, sometimes like if my girlfriend doesn't, uh, travel with me, I'll leave him at home with her, but she had to go to Phoenix this week for work. And he's my service animal, even though he was her dog. Got it. Um, so if she can't just fly to Phoenix with him. So I was like, well, I guess you're going to New York, buddy. And then yeah. I go to Minnesota tomorrow. So I'm like, all right, I guess you're going to have a weird week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> n- I'm not lying. Like uh, there's this little park 
uh, right down, um, and it has a big sign that says New York Green Streets. Like they they like try to make green spaces. Well, it's post pandemic or still pandemic, and they're not. There's no budget to like pick up the green streets. So he goes and he goes to the bathroom in this area that's like part grass. There's rose bushes that are nice that they like tried to make it nice, and then it's just like litter and weird stuff. Yeah. And um, he went poop, which like it's always thrilling to me when he poops because I'm like, yes, he finally did it. We can go inside. Yeah. And um, I'm picking up the poop and I like kind of scooped over these leaves and there was a dead rat. Like it was like the oh, most New really? York that... experience <laughs> yeah. that I've ever had that like my dog <laughs> shit on a dead rat. <laughs> <laughs> and you're picking up the shit. Yeah. Like... And I was like, oh, oh. Like, like I I checked the bag. I was like, oh, good. There's no holes. I didn't I, I'm not going to get the plague from the dead. <laughs> rat. What are you doing, buddy? Do you want to come up here? Uh, here, bud. Yeah, let, let bring him on in. You know, yeah. maybe he'll say he, something. Maybe he'll yeah, bark maybe, at the podcast. Maybe, um, maybe he'll bark. Yeah, um, he he's got a little chair that's right next to me. And, oh, um, wow. oh uh, so I, I'm, I got him all set up. Oh, he's he got was, got this sniffing. I didn't realize they let uh, dogs in the hotels. Yeah, well, it's funny if you're like you, so. A lot of hotels are like pet friendly, but um, if if the dog is a service animal, they can't oh, charge that's you. Right, I forget. I and forget. like, I was checking into this hotel, and they're like, "All right, it's still a, it, like this is New York. It's there's still a pet fee." And I was like, "No, no, no it's just like there's not like there, yeah. it's <laughs> it's like a national thing where." Um, now he's digging. He like he has a, this little mat, and he's like dig. You know how dogs will like dig, and then they turn around. Yeah, like, yeah. A million yeah. times before they sit down. I'm yeah. Like, could you imagine if we did that? We're just like digging and turning, <laughs> and then we sit. <laughs> or or before we uh uh you know use the bathroom, they they do that. Take a shit. They kind of like walk in a circle, and then uh, <laughs> and then their legs kind of like you know. It's like what are you doing? I suppose we kind of do that too. Pace a little bit. You know. maybe yeah i guess we do or like we have yeah like do you do the toilet paper on top of the um on top of the bowl when you're on like a public toilet i mean if i'm admitting this in public uh sure yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah i i do too i know like uh i said that to my girlfriend and she was she's an economic or she had a she has a degree in economics and sustainability which sustainability is like all about the environment and like you know using less water and paper yeah. she's like i can't believe you waste that paper and i'm like i just i like guys are gross man we piss, they piss all over the place it's, it's yeah. such a dirty seat i make a game time decision if i'm honest with you like if, if <laughs> depending on where i am if i'm in like a quick trip bathroom uh, I, i'm going raw on that one that, those are nice bathrooms okay mcdonald's kind of same caliber you get to some of those bps or sicko sickos dude <laughs> You're you're gonna want to do that, or you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, something. I don't know what it is. I I'll probably find out in ten years, and I <laughs> I think it's gonna be something very damaging. But they don't uh, often clean those bathrooms. So, yeah, know. those are the bathrooms that the toilet seat has like like gang graffiti etchings on it. Like, yeah. like somebody like mm. etched into the toilet seat, which is always so weird to me that like somebody would want to tag a toilet seat. You know, like like this this bathroom's mine <laughs> yeah and also uh like just in the in the middle of nowhere you're like you're uh -huh. like you're like in the middle of a, a a farm uh farm community like on the outskirts the only thing around is a sicko and then um you're just seeing like all this uh, all these uh 
various tags of things and you're like i don't even what, what does this mean here you know what's going yeah on? you know the other thing i want to know who is the guy who's the guy who designs the the public bathroom stalls like they they look there <laughs> and they, there's that they, they, they are like measuring the gap between yeah. the door and, and the rest of the structure and they're like yeah. ah no, I can't see all of you. We, we need to make this at least another two inches wide. Like, how hard is that to get those it, measurements? It's right. terrible. And, like, a lot of times, like, all the all the stalls are connected. So, like, if one starts leaning, like, it makes the gap even wider. Yeah. And, like, like I've been in that one before where it's barely latching, right? Like, it's hanging yeah. on yeah. by a thread. Yeah. And um, I was in Charlotte Douglas airport and i'm like in the stall and i have like diesel there sitting you know and so like i got a lot going on i'm trying to make sure my dog doesn't run under the you know stall door you know he doesn't yeah. like want to play with somebody in the other stall or whatever <laughs> you know so like i got a lot going on I'm, I'm like and this door i'm just like watching it like like every single footstep it's like kind of rattling and i'm like oh no it's gonna come open <laughs> and then um yeah, then like every time somebody else would go into another stall, it would just open, and I'd have to be like, "Cat, yeah," or, or like you know how people just will like test the door, like, "Oh, yeah. is, is anybody in this one?" Yeah. And like so they just tap it, and I'm like, I'm, "I'm in here." Like, yeah. I, cat, sorry, and um, it always feels so um terrible when somebody walks in on you and you're doing that, but like you're not. It's like really a situation where you're not doing anything wrong, you know? No. Like, I mean, you're, you're literally just, like, just sitting there, you know. Yeah. What, what what you should have done in that situation is just kind of let the leash out. Had your um had Diesel go stand guard outside the door. You know, just stand down there. Yeah, exactly. He's in there. You know, like yeah. Uh, and how oh, you want to talk to the boss? Yeah. Well, you got to get through me. Let me see me. what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse the interruption, ladies and gentlemen. Just want to thank the great sponsors of the Cast podcast, starting with Jolly Good Soda. The holidays are coming up, and what better gift to give to someone to let you know you love them than Jolly Good Soda? Everyone likes a nice sugary treat in an aluminum can, and Jolly Good's got that for you, man. Look at that. I rhymed. Did you like that, Kelly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She's like, just keep going. I just... Well, yeah, I think it, I think Jolly Good will like that one. I like that. You could, you know, what you could do is you can make a Jolly Good Christmas tree. All of the Jolly Good cans, oh, empty out the great. soda, well, or not drink, drink the, the soda, soda empty then, out the soda. No, Jeez. drink soda. Use old fishing hooks. Yeah. And then make a, a Jolly Good Christmas tree for Jolly Old Saint Nicholas. Yeah, fishing hook plus leader, one of them double-sided leaders that uh, strap strap, you know, and then boom. You or got you could it. just use fishing line. Uh, fishing line will work too. Just yeah. that. And that's then, cheaper. You're yeah. right. That's cheaper. A little cinch knot. Yep. Palmer knot. Something like that. Maybe that's the video we make. That could be it. I like that a lot. Yeah. We always come up with great ideas yes. on this that we forget immediately after. Yeah. I still, still can't remember that one. I can't remember that other and one. And yet neither of us has listened to two podcasts ago to figure out what that is. But uh, maybe Anywho. one day. I also want to uh, thank... Oh, by the way, you can find that Jolly Good Soda at jollygoodsoda.com. And I also want to thank Duluth Trading Company. Right now I'm wearing a Duluth Trading Company sweatshirt. That uh, you've worn for probably the last two weeks 
yep. in a row. You can tell by the stains on it too. Yep. Um, you know, I find a comfortable sweatshirt. It, it really, I really embrace it in the rotation. Yeah, it's like, I like and the I'm, sweatshirt too. It's I'm saving cool. water too. You haven't washed it? No. Can't you tell? That's a coffee stain. Uh, that's a little oil stain from the, uh, is that oil? Uh, some from the snowmobile. Trying to fix that thing. Anyway, Duluth Trading Company. You don't even need to wash them. They're so good. You can find their stuff at DuluthTrading.com. And finally, folks, I do want to say if you're... Colleen's just shaking her head Yikes. at me. Finally, folks, if you want to find other clothes you don't need to wash, just go to ManitowocMinute.com or CripesCast.com. Click on the merch section and you can get your Ope. Tell your folks I says hi shirts. We have these brand new Ope wallets and uh they're nice uh for guys or gals they're just really simple they keep a few cards in them they're 3d printed in the u.s uh, my sister's fiance's cousin makes them in buffalo that's such a midwest <laughs> I know. connection i know you know like yeah but they're slick i like them i've been you know i i got sent a, a template one it's an opal i got sent a template one and I says, okay, well, I'll just walk around with this for like a couple weeks, see if I like it. And honestly, I love it. It's very minimal yep. and uh, it does the job. I thought I'd miss all the other crap in my wallet. No. I don't I even have, know what's in it. I have, like, I need to probably get one, something like that. Yeah. It's just, I got too much going on in my wallet. Yeah, it simplifies life. Yeah. You know? I'm, t I'm minimalist is what we are. Yeah, we're just minimalist here. But yeah, so go to managewalkmate.com or cravescast.com and click on the merch. And we got a lot of good stuff for Christmas coming up. Um, you got to show your loved ones, I don't know, Merry Christmas that you love them. So Yeah, why not a watch out for reindeer sweatshirt? Yeah. Or an old Christmas tree sweatshirt. Anyway, you can get Lots it all. Lots of stuff there. Cripescast.com. And that's it. That's it. Let's get back to the uh, the podcast, huh? Okay. Are you looking at me like, why is he talking like that? Yeah. Oh, we also forgot. Patreon.com slash Charlie Parents. You can find a bunch of behind the scenes stuff and, and the whole shebang over there. Footage from tour. Yeah. All everything. That. It's good. It's fun yep. stuff. Check it out. All right. Now for real, for real. Let's get back to my conversation with Pete Lee. So uh, you're you're originally uh, from Wisconsin. You're from Janesville. When did you decide you were going to start doing comedy? Um, I so I started writing comedy when I was uh, in college. Um, I went. I didn't get into Madison. Um, I wanted to go there so bad. I was yeah. like, like because I grew up just south of Madison in Janesville, and it was just my dream to go there. Well, the year before. I went to college. They won that first big Rose Bowl. Oh, um, yeah. Like that first big, like, I think it was like, it was like the 94 Rose Bowl. And yeah. like, it was such a big deal. I remember my aunt Cindy got me a, like a Parker pen that had the Rose Bowl logo on it. And like, I remember being like, oh my God, I got a Rose Bowl pen. This is yeah. crazy. Well, I didn't realize that them winning the Rose Bowl, which I was rooting for them in the Rose Bowl, would make it so that everybody wanted to go to school there. And then my grades and my, you know, SAT scores wouldn't be good enough to get in. And so I got a rejection letter from the University of Wisconsin. It crushed me. I was like, oh, my God, I can't go. I can't be a badger. And then I had applied to University of Minnesota as like my safety school and they accepted me. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'm going there. And yeah. um, I, I had this roommate 
uh, named Tim and like, like, like you have a beard, you know, like I sometimes have different levels of a beard. Everybody kind of, guys have beards now. Like when I went to school in 1995, uh, like nobody had a beard. If you had a beard, you're like a freak, you know, it was like, what, oh, what really? are you doing? And he had this like big Hemingway beard and he was a writer and um, like he had written two novels and he was like, like he did like, he was like that kid that they're like, oh, wow, this 15 year old is going to do articles um, for Sports Illustrated, you know, like he's a great writer. So he like he did articles for all these different magazines and then he went to college and, you know, he got like full scholarship and all that stuff. Well, he kept like saying to me. He's like, dude, you're really funny. He's like, you need to write more. He's like, you need to write this down. And um, I was like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I was like, I really want to do stand up, but I'm like, it scares me. And I, I don't think so. And um, so, like, he would always get high and go to the uh, dorm cafeteria, and I would see him like scribbling stuff. And I'm like, oh, Tim's writing again. And at the end of the year, it turned out that that notebook, like, he was writing down all of my stories that I would tell like each day about like just going to class or like, Oh, I saw this guy and he was so weird. And I'd kind of roast, you know, whatever that is, or, or like I'd be roasting myself. And he's like, dude, I think this is like the foundation for you to do stand up." And I was oh like, gosh. yeah, like that's either the sweetest thing in the world or like the person that's going to kill you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I wrote down all your thoughts. <laughs> And I organized, them, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, um, so he did that and then he dropped out of school and he moved to Montana and he basically like lives half off the grid, half on the grid. So like, I don't, I've never seen him since that moment that he gave me that notebook. Really? And, but I was like, all right. And I've talked to his mom cause his mom, I'll be like, Hey, can you get Tim a message? Like, you know, I did the tonight show or whatever, you know, like it, it worked. And, um, uh, but yeah, so it was, uh, so that's, I took that's that, incredible that you, you, and you haven't, you haven't talked to him since at all. I have just, uh, yeah, just his mom. I've been like, Hey, how's Tim doing? She's like, Oh, he's good. Like he literally is like a man that lives in the woods and like loves to like hunt for his food. And wow. he just sits out there and writes and, um, you know, probably smokes a ton of weed. And, yeah. um, but yeah, he, he's like a guy that really early on in his life realized like, he just wants to be with nature and he's yeah. like a nature man. And, um, but yeah, so, um, uh, so I took two years, it took two years before I did stand up after that. So I didn't start doing uh, stand up till my junior year and I kept writing and writing. And then like, we'd have parties at the house, you know, like college parties, there were seven of us that lived in this house. So, um, and my roommates would be like, all right, we got to hear Pete's jokes. And so I'd be hammered enough that I would like read out of my notebook and, I'd kind of be sitting on the back of a couch like Miss Maisel, you know, and and doing it for the party. And then finally, uh, my roommates kind of got sick of me uh, not like ever going and actually doing stand up. So they took me down to Acme Comedy Club and they uh, um, they took me down there. They we, we thought that we were going to watch the open mic is what I thought. Mm -hmm. But they signed me up. And then the sign up sheet comes out at seven. The show starts at eight. And so, uh, I saw the sign up sheet and I saw my name on there and I'm, or I saw the, um, I guess the list of people, yeah. um, and I was on it and I was like, Oh my God. And well, luckily I had my notebook cause I always have my notebook. And, uh, so I prepared a quick three minutes and then I went in the back hallway and I rehearsed it a bunch. And, yeah. um, and, uh, I remember I had like a Bic pen in my, and I like used that as the microphone yeah. when I was rehearsing <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then. 
I went up and it went really well. And then the owner of the club was like, Hey man, you know, like you're new, but like, it's obviously you've been doing this for a little while. And I was like, no, this is my first time. And I was scared, you know, shitless. And he's like, well, anytime you want to come back, just come back and I'll put you up on the Monday night thing. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, yeah. And the, um, the, my first night, it was Nick Swartzen's last night living in Minnesota. And so they had like, that was kind of like a going away show for him. Yeah. And Nick came up to me and he's like, man, he's like, he's like, I like your style. He's like, when I'm back here in April, I want you to, I want you to come open for me. Can I get your phone number? And I was like, yeah. So I gave him my phone number. Well, I had like forgotten about that. Um, and then in April, I get this voicemail. It's like, Pete, it's Nick. I thought you were going to be, I thought you were going to be opening for me. Like, what are you doing? Like, get down here. And I was like, what? Like, okay. So I missed the first night of my first week of comedy. And then the next couple nights I went down there and I was like, Nick, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, I'm like, I've been doing this four months. Like I, yeah. I can't open for you. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, and so he was like, all right, well, I'll get another person to open, but you just do like five minute guest sets. And I'm like, oh, great. Cause like, that's where I'm at. I had like, yeah. five minutes, maybe, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got my, my start in it. And that was, yeah. So that was 1998. So that's all it's coming up on 25 years ago, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that, that's such a wild story because what, what was the scene, uh, in, in the twin cities, like when you were, um, uh, doing that? Um, it was, it was pretty insane. Like, um, like Mitch Hedberg was still there and like still around and like, wow. like he would, you know, it was like, I mean, everybody knew he was a genius, but he was just like one of the guys that would show up or, um, like he, his parents lived in St. Paul. So Mitch would show up, you know, like around the holidays, you know, you know, when you go visit your folks for holidays, you like love to see them and you love to hang out. But like at around 10 o'clock, you kind of want to go hang out with your friends. Yeah, and you're so bouncing to the bar, you're bouncing to the bar. So like we were the people that Mitch bounced to. And oh, okay. um, and there was this uh, uh, this comic named Dave Mordahl that was just so funny. Like um, like he like he was so um, like I I'm I'm like the friendly shade of the Midwest. Like he was like the grouchy shade, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I know the I remember, yeah. yeah. Like, and I love that. I love that Midwestern, like Wisconsin, Minnesota grouch, like, ah, all right, I'll shovel your driveway, but next time you're doing it yourself, you know, yeah. like he, he, he was, he was that guy. Like, I remember he had this joke. He's, he goes, do you ever go to a family reunion? And you think to yourself somewhere, there's a carnival running itself. <laughs> but, That's a great joke. Yeah, it was a great joke. And um, I remember uh, Dave. So Dave wound up on Last Comic Standing, the first season of it. And we all drove down together to audition. And Dave was like, I don't want to do this. And um, and he's I'm like, come on, Dave, it'll be a fun road trip. And we all talked him into it. And he's like, eh, I don't like like he was the kind of guy that like you'd go on stage and every once in a while, like if you peek through the curtain, you could see that like he had a gun on him, you know, like like, like he's just a guy that would carry a gun because he lived on a farm and he probably forgot to take it off. You know, yeah, right. Know. Right. But but uh, but anyway, we're we're auditioning. and like I go up right before Dave and I'm like, I like really wanted it. I'm like, you know, hello, last comic standing. Here's my three minutes. I'm going to be a star. And they were like, no, you're not. And, um, and Dave goes up 
and they're like, hi, Dave, you know, tell us about yourself. He's like, I don't want to be here. Um, I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> I didn't want, I didn't want to do this. My friends, we, I went down with them and uh, they're like, all right, well, tell us a joke, Dave. And he's like, okay. Um, he's like, I got an email that I'm pre-approved for a credit card. And he goes, really under my screen name, big cock for you. I got pre-approved <laughs> and like, I was still in the room because they like brought us in in pods and yeah. these guys were just laughing their ass off at this guy that didn't want to be there. You know, <laughs> he's like told this joke that like wouldn't get him on the show. And they're like, oh, you're on the show. Like, oh, really? it's great. <laughs> but yeah, that, so that was kind of, those are like some of the guys that I, I came up with and um, uh, yeah, the scene was really great. Like the, the Monday open mic night at Acme like it it's now moved to tuesday but it's like it's like the, one of the only open mics that's like sold out you know like yeah. every single time and it's not even like you just have to make a reservation online and then you can go there for free um but it's just like packed and then there's a line of people waiting for somebody to like leave um like you can leave and go to the bathroom but if you're gonna like leave leave like yeah. somebody will take your your spot and so it was it was such a cool scene because like you know, gr- growing up in that like open mic system, like where it was like a hot thing to do, you know, that open mic. Um, I like, I really got to perform in front of like big crowds right away. Um, that was the positive. The, the negative was that the crowds are so good in Minnesota that when I first go started going on the road, I just like ate my ass so bad. Yeah. Um, Cause I would just, I was up in front of small crowds that had no energy or they just like hated everything or, and I, I was like, I like, I'm from, I like, I grew up in Wisconsin. Like I'm a happy guy. And like, you know, I, I remember going to Detroit and um, it was my first comedy week and I bombed so hard the whole week. And part of it was cause I was just not ready. And I, I like, I, I was going up in front of these like auto workers and uh, doing a bit of, you know, static electricity, you know, like when you shock people <laughs> and they were like, fuck you <laughs> like it was it was terrible um i'll tell you that story of the my first week in comedy i was supposed to be opening for bobcat goldthwaite at uh chaplains at, at chaplains comedy club and chaplains was um you know how there's like eight mile like the movie eight mile had yep. just come out well chaplain was uh, chaplains was on nine mile road which okay. like like in you know in detroit like the closer you get to like eight mile that's like danger. And then the further you like, if you're on like 35th, you're fine. But like, yeah. if you're on nine, terrible. Yeah. And um, so Chaplin's was this bowling alley um, nightclub. And in the nightclub part, they had taken the nightclub and made it into a comedy club. So like, like uh, you would, you'd be like, if you, if a joke bombed, you could hear somebody bowling a strike, I, you know, like, I, like, I, I played the exact same kind of club in uh, Muskegon. Same in Muskegon. Vibe. Yeah, <laughs> same, in Muskegon. Same. I don't know what it is about Michigan. They love their bowling alley <laughs> nightclubs. That's hilarious. They love, I mean, you can get it all there. You can bowl, you can, you can party. And um, they had valet parking. It was like, um, it was like one of those, like one of like the last kind of like mob run clubs, you know, um, and oh, wow. uh, the, so, and, uh, I'm now, I, I like, I'm now friends with Jeff Foxworthy. Well, I heard the story and I verified it as true. So he, the first time he ever did a, you might be a redneck if joke was at Chaplin's 
and he he was just on stage and he riff. He goes, "You might be a redneck if your bowling alley has valet parking." Oh, and I think I I think I heard him say that at, at some point. That's where it started. That was it. Yeah, he called up Kathleen Madigan and he's like, and he was telling her about this great riff, and she's like, "You got to write a hundred of those." And yeah, then he did, and um. And so I remember thinking like, well, God, Foxworthy's played here, you know, like, like, uh, you know, there's the valet. This is going to be great. Well, the owner of it was such a sleazebag. Um, they, so I was supposed to be opening for Bobcat Goldthwait. I like love Bobcat Goldthwait from the Police Academy movies, you know, um, like I love to stand up. Um, well, they had like uh, posters everywhere. Bobcat Goldthwait. Like if you went in the men's room to take a leak, like Bobcat Goldthwait, like the, in the poster right in front of you. Um, table tents, Bobcat, Bobcat Goldthwait tonight. And um, uh, what I didn't realize is that Bobcat Goldthwait had canceled like like months earlier. Oh. But they realized that they could still draw a crowd and then refund the people that got pissed and then uh, tell people. So every single show uh, after the MC would go up and then he'd be like, hey, you guys, Bobcat got car trouble. Um, he, <laughs> You're kidding me? Yeah, their, their that story was, was that he... Yeah, their their move was that he flew into Toledo. Um, yeah. He got car trouble. Like, God, why did he fly into Toledo? <laughs> and um, this is back in 2002. So, like, the internet wasn't what it is now where somebody could just go on Twitter and be like, you know, this is bullshit. And then Bobcat's at his house in L.A. going, I canceled that six months ago. And then the whole crowd boost. Yeah. Um, what happened was they, they were like, they got this guy named Kevin Burke uh who was a magician slash comic and then he wound up doing that show defending the caveman that you know um uh like it toured nationally well kevin burke uh was just like yeah i'll do this week um, but he knew what, what the deal was mm -hmm. so they tell the crowd before me that bobcat can canceled and they're like but we got a really great comic pete lee and so they think that i'm the fill-in and so everybody's booing me uh. and i just I just, I bumped so hard all week. And then the guy would go up after me and be like, Hey, 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 I know that wasn't great, but, uh, all right. We got another comic for you that just happened to be here. Uh, gosh. All right. Kevin Burke. And then he'd go up and, you know, be doing magic for him. And they were like, God, oh, the best. Like he saved you, the night. You were the saltine cracker. You were yeah. the palate cleanser. <laughs> I was the palate cleanser. And to be honest, if I was a better comic, I probably could have killed and then the crowd would have been happy with it. But I just I just wasn't ready because I I had come up at that open mic where the crowds yeah. were great every time. And I hadn't been in front of auto workers that were mad that they're not seeing Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> and um, at the end of the week, uh, this is the, this is the move that I did because I was working in advertising and I didn't know if I wanted to do stand up full time or not or whatever, but I knew that this was crummy. And I'm like, if this is what the road is, I don't think I want to do this. And so I went up and I told the last crowd of the week what had been happening. I was like, yeah, Bobcat. I was like, I was like, did you think that Bobcat flew in for the Saturday show after he was supposed to be here all week and he had car trouble in Toledo? I'm like, he was never here. I'm like, this is a ruse. Like they've been taking people's money all week. And uh, the crowd got really mad and they started complaining to the owner. Oh, when it was time for me to get paid, um, he like bitched me out and basically like threw my money at me and, um, and was like, you're never going to work in this business again. And I was like, Oh God, I guess I'm never going to work in this business again. Well, it turns out that like a guy like that 
I'm not the only one that hated him. I'm not the first person that hated that guy. Yeah. So like any bad word that this guy spread about me, people were like, oh, well, we should book that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best, best career move you made, pissing that guy off. Yeah, it, it wound up being great, you know? Did you, so did you go um, from uh, Wisconsin to Minnesota and then did you go to LA or did you go on the road then or New York? I went on the road for, oh God, I, I started going on the road in 2002 and then I was still at my day job and then I like, it quickly, like I was working in advertising and I was making, I was making like 1800 a month working like like 60 hours a week mm. at this advertising job and, and it just like i was so stressed out and i was paying no money and then i started getting these like feature week gigs where i'd be making like 500 600 and i was like wait i just worked two weeks and i made 1200 dollars. like like i could work three weeks and not have to work my advertising job right and so I put in six we or six months notice at my job. I was like, I was like, I'm going to like, I don't want to leave you guys high and dry. Um, I worked in an ad agency and I worked in the internet advertising department and like nobody really understood the internet or internet advertising at that point. Like I was working with people at the ad agency that were like on the television side that they're like, Oh, we can't wait for this internet to go away so that they stop stealing our budget. Yeah. And I'm like, the internet's not going away, man. Yeah. Like, and and now look what happened, you know, like the TV <laughs> networks are, you know, folding, but, um, but yeah, I gave them uh, six months notice and then I started going on the road. And then, um, uh, in 2005, I did a showcase in New York city that fall. And, um, and then I shot, um, uh, I shot comedy central's premium blend. And then when I went there to do that, uh, the people that were in the crowd were the CBS people and they were casting the show, How I Met Your Mother. Uh -huh. And I didn't, like, I would taken acting in college. I would taken, you know, some courses at the, um, I forget where it was in, in Minnesota, but like, uh, I wanted to say the Getty, but that's not what it was called. Um, but I, I took some acting classes, but then all of a sudden I'm like auditioning because they're trying to recast the Ted character. And, um, because Josh Radner, who played it, um, bless you. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, bless you. I tried you. to block oh, one crepes. for you. Got, no. got one now. Jeez. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. Bless you. Um, so they were trying to recast the Ted character because I guess when they focus group the show, they're like, oh, the Ted character is the only one that's not like reading really funny, even yeah. though Josh, who ended up playing it, was like really great on that show. But the, so they wanted to like do their due diligence and bring a couple people in. So I went in to like read for Ted and then I got two callbacks that week, which I didn't realize that like, like a callback was a big deal. I was like, I went and auditioned and I was like, oh good, that's over. And then they're like, we want you to come in and now do like a chemistry read with other people. And I was like, damn it, I got to do it again. Like these yeah. are nerve wracking. I hate yeah. this. I didn't yeah. realize it was like a big deal. Well then the people from CBS, they're like, all right, we're going to stick with Josh. You didn't get it. But they're like, you really need to be here because like you, you knocked those auditions out of the park. And I was like, okay. So I was, I moved to New York city that year and um, just to be like closer to the industry. And I didn't realize like in entertainment, there are people in meetings that will just be like, yeah, you should move here. But like they once, like, I remember getting there and I emailed them. I'm like, I'm like, I'm here. I'm ready to audition more. And they're like, 
I didn't realize it's just stuff they say in a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, like a flippant I, comment. Yeah. Like, all right, you should move here. It's great. We'll audition you all the time. And um, I did do a couple more auditions with them, you know, um, but, which I don't think I was right for the role and I wasn't as good. But, um, but yeah, I just like, I moved there on a suggestion from a meeting and then I, I wound, you know, it's kind of like come here and struggle, you know? So, and I lived in, um, I lived in New York for 12 years after that. And then I finally moved to LA, uh, four years ago. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in New York right now, like looking out at it and I miss it. I love it. But it's funny. Cause like New York comics, like I was at the cellar last night and they're like, they're like, Oh, you're going to move back. They all move back. And I'm like, I live in LA. I'm like, I don't know. I'm gonna move back. I like, like you like, you like I, it out there. Is it the weather or what? It's the weather. Um, like the people can be you know, you know real flaky and weird out there. Um, and that's no insult to the people. Like if somebody from LA is listening to this, they're like, oh yeah, they're totally flaky to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, um, you know, like like in Wisconsin, you make plans with somebody and then they show up. You know, yeah. and in LA, you make plans and like the plans probably aren't going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, uh, but I, I have a really great place by the ocean and I surf. And so like, to me, LA isn't just like show business. It's like, to me, it's like surfing and, you know, going and having coffee by the ocean and, um, you know, like walking my dog down on the beach. And like, I like all that stuff, like all the like non Hollywood stuff. Yeah. And have, have um, you ever gone, not to cut you off, but on hmm. the surfing topic, have you ever surfed uh, Sheboygan? Oh, my, I've heard about that. Yeah. I've, I've heard that the great, so there's a an Instagram, Great Lakes Surfing something. And yeah. when it it gets really wavy and you can surf the Great Lakes. I've never done it, but I it's, would love that. I think it's during like the spring and the fall. I've done it one or two times. Um I think I did it in the fall. You got to wear a wetsuit, obviously. I mean, you probably wear one of those in LA. It can get cold uh, in the mornings there too. But um, yeah. but yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre. You should try it though, if, especially if you're. Are you a good surfer? Mm, I'm pretty good. Um, like I uh, like I started out like everybody else on a foamy. Then I went yeah. to a longboard, and now I actually prefer to longboard. But I can shortboard. I have a shortboard and stuff, and. Um, I can make pretty simple cuts, um, but nothing crazy. I'm not like there, there are guys in at the place that I surf at that like, they'll try to do airs and stuff. And I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm like, what's that? Like, Is that where you jump? Yeah. It's like, like where they jump and they catch air and then they ride back down on the wave and all the guys on the pro tour are doing that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and maybe the guys that, you know, that surf at my break, they're like also really good or they're, you know, they're like competing. Um, but I'm like, I just, dude, I just want to catch the wave and I want to ride it for as long as I can. And, you know, if, if it's, if it's the right shape, I want to do, you know, do some carves and stuff like that. But so I don't know, I don't know if I'm good or I'm not. Cause I feel like I surf around people that are like really good. And then there are days where, you know, I'm, I'm, 
eating shit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not very good. Are you, are you pretty good? No, I'm awful. I'm awful. <laughs> I, 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 cause I didn't obviously didn't grow up doing it. I, I, my buddy had a board, um, when I was out there and then I bought one at this sort of a uh, half, half price surfboard thing. And then I, uh, I ate, I, I'm, I can get up kind of, but I mostly go out there and, you know, look out for sharks. Cause I'm pretty sure that's, <laughs> you know, as soon as I'm in the ocean, I'm like, this is how I'm going. So I'm going, the shark's going to grab my foot, dude, at any time. Anytime. That's just, that's the beast. I'm not afraid of bears, really, but sharks, for some reason, I'm like, they're out there. And yet, here I am in the water. Oh, hey. Um, yeah. Were you in, I, I, I was just looking, you were in, uh, what soap opera? Oh, um, it was As the World Turns. Yes. Wait, what, yeah. did you have a, a guest star uh, thing on it? Was it a recurring? What was that? It was a recurring, and um, it started as a guest star, then it went to a recurring, and, um, oh, God, I got a great story about this. So I was, I was at a wedding. Um, I was at a wedding, and, uh, like, my uh, – the girl that I was dating at the time was in the wedding with, like, another guy. And so uh, his wife and me, we just sort of sat together. And she was like a really sarcastic New Yorker. And so we were just like roasting everything from the wedding the whole time. And at the end of it, she was like, you're really funny. She's, she goes, I cast uh, the show as the world turns. She goes, do you, um, do you want to come in and audition for a part? And I was like, oh, sure. Yeah. So um, the part was this guy, it was, like the plots of these shows were so crazy. It was, it was um, the role was for a gynecologist named Dr. Schmeglitz. But he wasn't really a gynecologist slash baby doctor. He was actually an actor and a stand-up comedian that was hired by this couple um, to lie to another couple and give them false baby news. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Who the so hell was came a, up with that plot line? I mean, it's insane. Like um, the so there was a couple that was going to be the surrogate for another couple. Yeah. And then they wound up, they wound up conceiving on their own and then they wanted to keep the baby, but they had lied to them several times. And so they wanted me to go in and tell this other couple like, Hey, there's no baby. And then they were just going to like, and then they were going to be like, Oh my God, we conceived. And that was the big plan. Um, so I go in to do this false baby news and um and then the episode went really great and they're like all right we're gonna bring you back because we're gonna keep this going and uh, this whole storyline so you're gonna keep lying to these people so I, I had to shoot a couple more episodes and then we had this day where i shot like basically like uh, like i don't know it was like seven episodes worth of things for this you know like in one day they're like we're just gonna shoot you out and then we'll call you back when we need to well i remember my first day there um, in the lobby. Uh, so as the world turns is one of the longest running TV shows ever. Yeah. And like it, it went back to like, like the, the first dawn of television, you know, like they it was like, as the world turns. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so they had this big gold 89 in their lobby. It was like eight feet tall, like big gold 89. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? And they're like, well, Every time that we go to a new season, we there's a big gold number. And like it's just to celebrate that this is like the longest running TV show, whatever. 
And um, so like literally over in the corner on a drop cloth, there was like a big gold 90, but it was like underneath. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, that's the 90. We're about to roll into the next season. And so it's here. And I was like, well, you can roll that back because uh, I was like, every TV show that I've ever been on has gotten canceled. Like I um, I was on Premium <laughs> Blend, got canceled. Um, and like it had done like nine seasons. Uh, I was I went on Last Comic Standing, that got canceled. Um, then I did a half hour special for Comedy Central. Then they they canceled the half hour specials after my season. Really, like, and so I was like, I was like, this show is going to get canceled, and everybody was laughing, and they're they're like, dude, that's so that's so funny that you think that this show is going to get canceled. So then um, I go in uh, for so I, I shot out all those episodes, and I I like came back. And, uh, and they're like, Hey, you're going to shoot one more thing. And, um, we have really bad news. And I was like, what? And they're like, the show got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Pete Lee curse. <laughs> they're like, you cursed us. You cur-. And I was like, I was kidding around, but like, yeah, every show. So that was like the fourth show I'd been on that got canceled, which I think spoke more to like the state of television, you know, like, cause things were moving more and more to the internet, you know, um, like slowly nobody was watching soap operas anymore there were so many tv channels on cable that they weren't gonna watch like a daytime network soap and um yeah so it, it got canceled and, but like there were a lot of people around there that because i joked around about it they were like well you jinxed us or like it was your fault or you know um <laughs> yeah that's hilarious There's, dude yeah, there's no gold 90. They, they got stuck on 89. <laughs> I wonder where that 90 is. You know, maybe they can get it. I, hopefully they didn't use real gold paint on it. Um, <laughs> well, listen, we're running uh, up on time, man, but I'd love to have you back on sometime and talk talk more uh, Wisconsin stuff or just whatever. But before yeah. uh, I leave you, where can people find you on tour? Where do they go do all that? Oh, uh, they can go to my website, peatley.net. Uh, and I have all my tour dates on there. And um, also, if they want to follow me on Instagram and TikTok, oh, um, yeah. I, I, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I, um, I couldn't get the name Pete Lee, so it's my name three times in a row. It's Pete Lee, Pete Lee, Pete Lee. Um, but if you just type in P E T E L E E, it will come up. Uh, and please follow me. We both know how important that is. Yeah, uh, that people follow you. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's the the deal. And we should collaborate at some point when next time you're back in Wisconsin, dude. I would love to collaborate. I I would absolutely love that. And um, for the Wisconsin people, I'm at uh, um, I'm at the uh, Milwaukee Improv on Thanksgiving weekend, um, oh, nice. which they call it the Milwaukee Improv, but it's in Brookfield. Brookfield. Um, yeah, it's the Milwaukee Improv in Brookfield. Yeah, and um. Uh, so yeah, please come out to see me at the Milwaukee Improv in Brookfield. Nice. Um, I'm I'm not far from there either. So and I'm around for Thanksgiving. So when you're in town, maybe we can do a video or something. Dude, I would love to do a video. And if you like, I mean, you're you're a big headliner and whatnot. But if you wanted to come and do a like a guest spot or hang out or just anything like that, have a beer. I would love yeah. to hang out with you. That'd be yeah. awesome, man. I'd love to come say hi. I'll, I'll yeah. get that going. Um, yeah. I can yeah, go to town then for sure. Oh my God. That would be like, that'd be like the biggest treat. Um, I'll, I'll message you and, um, I'll DM you on Instagram and Perfect. then, um, I'll give you my number and we can set that up. Sounds great, man. Looking forward to it. Oh my God. It. Dude. Awesome. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll, we will uh, talk to you uh, soon, and uh, we'll talk to you backstage or whatever over there. 
Awesome. All right. All right. Later. Thank you. Cool, man. Take care. Uh, take care of Diesel now. Oh, I will. Yeah, he's he's totally sacked out. He's not. Okay. Uh, he's not being an ankle licker <laughs> anymore. Uh, I love this. We're doing a Wisconsin goodbye. We're like, well, no, yeah. No. If you need some well, jerky now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I got it in the trunk of my car because it's cold <laughs> most of the year. You know, that's where I keep my meat. Yeah. <laughs> All right, talk to you soon, my man. <laughs> All right, talk to you soon. All right, folks, that is it for this week's episode of the Cast. Make sure you follow Pete Lee on the IG. That's at Pete Lee, Pete Lee, Pete Lee, three times. Uh, it's kind of like there's no place like home. There's no place, you know, you get it, right? Yeah, and then, boom. Kind of like Beetlejuice, too. Kind of like, be- that's what I was thinking. Jeez. There's no place it. like home, though. You have to say three times, too. So oh, do you? Okay. It depends on how you want to look at life. You decided to do it in a hopeful way with Dorothy. I decided to do it in a scary way with <laughs> Beetlejuice. So. Either way, whatever way you want to do it, that's how you can follow Pete Lee. Or you can go to PeteLee.net and you'll get his website there. And uh, make sure you check him out at the Improv on november 25th through the 27th and then also folks follow the cripes cast at Cripescast on all the social media platforms facebook instagram tiktok twitter whatever and um and then patreon patreon.com slash charlie barons so there you have it kelly maraca thank you for joining me charlie barons thanks for letting me join wow what a long pause between I thanks for think. Couldn't think of anything to be thankful for. <laughs> yeah, then, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving <laughs> to everybody. I'm thankful that you're not firing me. Okay, well, way to set the bar low so I can walk <laughs> right over it. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Don't get into too many political fights uh, this year. And um, eat, eat everything and, you know, uh, enjoy it and enjoy your family. Uh, you know, there you go. and by the way i am so thankful for all of you thank you for listening to this podcast i really do appreciate it i enjoy doing it and i could not do it if you weren't going to listen so thank you for listening hope you enjoy it and everybody keep her moving and watch for deer all right bye-bye oh and colleen i'm thankful for you oh golly (laughs) okay bye-bye i gotcha see ya so roll out the barrel and get the band brewing life's got you down just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin. The Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot into walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving. <laughs>